Our next retreat is finally here. It's called Adventures in Energetics, and it's happening November 8th to the 14th, 2024 in Boquete, Panama. This seven-day, six-night retreat in the beautiful cloud forest of Panama is going to be a unique experience. This program is a not-for-beginners retreat. And what I mean by that is you will actually have to fill out an application before you will be accepted to be able to register for the program because we are going to be doing more advanced level energetics and I need to make sure that everybody who comes is actually ready for the work. We will be doing a Kundalini awakening. We will be doing group visioning process called a spiritual canoe. We will be doing daily presence practices and working on expanding our energy. We will be doing daily rituals. This process will be related to specifically the people who are there because in addition to filling out the questionnaire about what your experience is, you're also gonna ask for what it is that you'd like to learn. So part of the curriculum for this is set and part of it will be designed around the desires of the participants. I only have 20 beds available for this retreat, so it will fill up quickly. So this is the time to register. Do not wait. To find out more, go to kellysparta.com forward slash retreat. I look forward to seeing you there. Another blood red sunset and yet another moon face and still another hundred miles to my next resting place. Driving down the road, eyes on the horizon, within my car I'm all Feeling good and feeling strong Knowing that this path I'm on brings me to myself I'm driving Hey now all, I'm Joey C. Welcome back to another episode of Spirit Sherpa. This is the show that helps and encourages you on your journey to unlock your magic mojo. With me, as always, is the spirit doctor, Kelly Sparta. Hey, hey, Kelly. Joey. How's it going? I'm good. I'm I, in Boston again. I know. I'm excited we can actually be in the same room. And... I know. I get to see you. I've missed you. <laughs> You're here in the cold again, though. I know. So you, you came yeah. up for that. <laughs> I did. I didn't get the really vicious, wicked no. cold no, that you, you missed guys that. got last but we, week. But we, we've saved a little bit for you. You did. <laughs> you did. And I got soaked to the bone on the first day here. So I want to thank you for that, Hey, too. welcome home. <laughs> <laughs> So we are going to continue our Magical Paths series, but today we have a friend with us. Yeah, I'm very excited, actually. Karen and I have been friends for freaking forever. <laughs> so Karen Baskin has been a friend of mine since 1998, and you know we've been, God, hanging out for so long. And Karen's gone through, uh, much like me, she's gone through a wide variety of backgrounds of practice of magic, but her specialty is conjure. Ooh. which is a Louisiana version. No, she's telling me I'm wrong. Okay, I'll let her tell you what it is because I don't know what the hell it is. Uh, um, well, first, so let's... So welcome, Karen. Yeah, welcome, Thank Karen. You. Welcome to Spirit Sherpa. So tell me what the hell I don't know. Okay. <laughs> so for me, and this is my definition of conjure, and there will be people who will disagree with me. For me, conjure is Southern folkloric magic. Brief history it came into the States via the slave trade. So depending on what tribe came in where, they brought in with them their folkloric magic, which they used and mingled it with Christianity because they were forced to become Catholic or Protestant or whatever their owners were. They were forced to adapt to that religion. 
And so they took their traditions and mingled it with that. It also, as it evolved, their folkloric magic got mixed with Scottish, Irish, and Native American folkloric magic. So conjure is really a mix of four strains of folkloric magic. Okay, so that's how it's different than Santeria then? Yes. Okay. Yeah, Santeria because... is a religion unto itself. Right, because Santeria is sort of voodoo meets Christianity. Uh, Catholicism, yes. specifically. Yeah. But yeah, so, yeah. And, and I'll probably be schooled on that later when I invite Jaron onto the, <laughs> onto the podcast <laughs> to talk about it because he's um, a Santerian priest. So, the, yeah. the other interesting about Conjure is depending on what tribe arrived in to what state, Conjure is all over the map. So I have a mentor who says you can't do Conjure without using the Bible. And when she says the Bible, she's talking about the Old Testament. She says she's, she'd never seen the New Testament growing up in her house. They didn't have it. They only had the Old Testament. And she uses the Bible very heavily in her conjure. Really? Yes. Wow. I have another mentor, friend, who doesn't use the Bible at all. She has come out and calls her conjure um, hoodoo. Well, okay, what, is, what does that mean, hoodoo? So it's, she calls it hill folks hoodoo. So she grew up in the hollows of North Carolina. Okay. And so her conjure is similar, mm -hmm. yet very different from Mama Star's because she doesn't use the Bible at all. And then a third friend of mine who grew up in the foothills of Appalachia, his conjure is a mix. But there's also a lot of fairy folkloric stuff in his conjure. So it's very interesting. It really depends on where in the South you grew up. Now, do fairies make it into conjure? Often, or is that... Well, fairies have their own magic. Right. Yeah, fairies yeah. have their own magic. But there is a certain folkloric patterns, if you will, or similarities. For example, the first time I heard Mama Star talk about conjure, she talked about growing up. I forget where in the South she grew up. But her family has done conjure from, for hundreds of years. So she's talking about growing up, and she's talking about things her mother and her grandmother did. And I'm sitting there going, my grandmother did that. My grandmother did that. <laughs> oh, my God, my grandmother did that, too. Now, I grew up Jewish in an Irish Catholic neighborhood in New York City. Okay? So here's what was, was things that were similar. The broom with the broom side up by the front door. The thin line of salt on the stoop. <laughs> the washing of the windows and doors with, with vinegar solution the cap of ammonia in your bath because, or a half a cup of Epsom salt in your bath because as my grandmother would say, it takes out the bad. <laughs> it soaks out the bad. And I'm sitting there going, just shaking my head through the whole thing because I'm like, wow, my grandmother did that. Now, I had known about conjure a little bit, but had never really studied it before. Okay. And this was... I guess, 10 years ago when I first started getting into it. So you asked a question about hoodoo a yeah. minute ago. If the listeners want to understand the general concept of hoodoo, there's a movie called The Skeleton Key. It's kind of creepy. but It's, it's very creepy. It's, it's, a, it's a good hoodoo reference. Okay. Yes. So it's, yeah. it's probably the best, best way to understand hoodoo that, uh, for a beginner that I've found. Yeah. And again, that's a very specific type of voodoo yeah. because they incorporate a lot of voodoo into that movie. Yeah. It was probably one of the best depictions of voodoo I'd seen in a movie format before. 
Now, you reference Louisiana. New Orleans is a country unto itself. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed. They do practice a form of conjure there, although their mainstay is voodoo, which comes through Haiti. Yeah. And it's really very different. Mm -hmm. I, I like using cultural references because people can get easier access. The latest Marvel Comics TV show, Cloak and Dagger, actually has a character, several characters who are voodoo practitioners. Oh, cool. Um, within it. And and it's, I'm like, oh, yeah, I know that. Oh, yeah, I know that. <laughs> it's actually pretty good. Oh. It's actually pretty well done. Oh, interesting. So, I'll have to check it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you'd like it. Okay, so we've kind of given a base of where it comes from, right. sort of the the foundations of it. How does somebody get information about it if, if it's something they're interested in where would they go to find out more are there churches are there groups well there's no churches conjures a very individual practice okay there are numerous websites okay that you can go to obviously there are books out but i think the best way to do it is really to find someone who practices it mm-hmm. and that can be tough because a lot of people who practice it are not out there they're yeah. not accessible. So you know this means they're going to call you. Well, that's fine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was very lucky mm-hmm. in that I had a mentor who was a part of a group that started a thing called Folk Magic Festival in New Orleans. It's no longer happening. But 10 years ago, they started this. And what it was, it was a study of folkloric magic in America. So American folkloric magic. And they brought together an array of people that was just amazing. Yeah. And that, as I said, this one woman, Mama Star, is is really the person who kind of piqued my interest in it. When I realized how some of the things that she had grown up with, I had grown up with, and our backgrounds are so totally divergent. Uh, she grew up in a, a southern, literally a southern sharecropper family. I grew up in New York City. <laughs> you know, how is it we have these elements in common. But folkloric magic has that. It has common threads that run through everything. And if you're if you're a scholar and you really want to know what you're doing, you've got to look for those threads. Yeah. Because then you know it's authentic. Yeah. So I've known you a long time. Mm-hmm. And when we met, it was at a pagan festival. Yes. Explain to me why you, out of all of the different practices that were available to you which were many and varied (laughs) because you can't go to a pagan festival without having you know 14 different things whacked in your face right um (laughs) and um out of all of those why did you choose the conjure path what was it about the path that appealed to you what conjure does for me is it gives me back the craft part of witchcraft Hmm. Okay. Can you explain that for our listeners so that they understand? For me, I practiced a very spiritual path. I don't do a lot of spells. I don't do a lot of rituals. It's mostly, for me, sitting with a white candle and meditating on whoever shows up or with whoever shows up. But it was more spiritual than it was physical practice. Conjure for me is very concrete. You use what's available. You use the herbs in your cabinet. You use the dirt outside your window. You use olive oil. When the slaves were brought over and the Scots and Irish settled Appalachia, obviously they had nothing. So they used 
what they had. So powders were made from dirt and you'd mix whatever herbs you have into it and you'd, use it and you'd sprinkle it to get a result. So it's a very concrete practice. You work with physical objects to get results. And I had really let that go. And Conjure gave it back to me. So we've done an episode before where we talked about the different types of magic, the high magic versus the low magic and things like that. Where does Conjure fall from that perspective for the folks who might have listened to that episode? I would say, I would call it low magic. Okay. It's like kitchen witch magic. Okay. When you're improving, <laughs> yeah. it's always low magic. Yeah. It's, it's low magic. You don't ever improv high magic. Yeah. yeah. No. They don't have rituals in the sense of high magic. You don't cast a circle. You don't call in the quarters. You don't call in the gods. Although, again, if, you're use, if you use the Bible, obviously you're calling in the Hebrew God of Jehovah and Christ. Christ is very big in, in certain fields of conjure. So they'd even get into adding Christ, even though they're working with the Old Testament. Yes. Yeah. Makes a yeah. match. Yeah. There are certain recipes. There are certain ways of doing a working, mm -hmm. but it's not, as Mama Stroh would say, if it works, use it. Right. <laughs> and she said, conjure people are tricky. They will use what works, and if it doesn't work, they'll throw it away and try something else. Kelly talks all the time about intent and intent right. really driving things forward. It's not about, did I have the right number of candles? Do I have the, the particularly proper spice or herb or whatever it is? It's about the intent and using what you have to get the result. This seems similar in that regard. Yes. Again, remember the people had nothing. Right. So, for example, because they were forced to become Christian, they weren't allowed drums, but they had walking sticks. So the walking sticks were used to keep a beat. It's really fascinating to go back and really look at the history of this because you think, well, how the hell did it work? But it did. It yeah. worked. Yeah. I would imagine, based on what you're saying, that some conjure recipes work for some people and not for others. I would think that might be true, Yeah. depending on the recipe. Because, you know, the magic that you're doing when you're working at this level, which is really the super intent level, mm -hmm. because high magic relies upon connection into previous rituals over time and blah, blah, blah. So there's a certain amount of juice you get from that. From right. The morphic field. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But the when you're working low magic, it's all about the intent and the belief structure of the, the caster. Yes, and so, yes. you know, if you don't have a belief structure that says this is going to work in your mind, then you can cast it all day long and, and, and it's, it's not, not going to work. work. Yeah. Yes. Well, and that goes back to something that we talked about early on as well, which was sort of breaking down your own belief structures, breaking yeah. down your preconceptions about what can and cannot be. Right. And it seems like if you don't do that, whether it's conjure or any other type of magic right. uh, that we've talked about, especially in the low magic realm, it's just not going to work because yeah. you're blocking yourself. Exactly. And that's a big part of it. So yeah. what was that like for you? What was your background prior to going into conjure? Did you have to clear away a lot of that stuff in order for this to be real? Um, no, actually. Oh, good. I yeah, well, it sounds like you grew up with a lot of the, the components. <laughs> well, I grew up with, with, with bits and pieces of it. Unknowingly. Unknowingly. <laughs> yeah. But when I realized, you know, my grandmother washing the window sills and the windows and the doors and the sills of the doors and putting that little line of salt, you know, I used to say, well, Nana, why do you do that? And she'd be, oh, you know, oh, you know, <laughs> you know, Nana, what's with the salt? Oh, you know. <laughs> no, no, I don't. That's why I'm asking. <laughs> <laughs> 
But I think because I, I also grew up being able to see, to see spirits from a very, very young age, mm-hmm. her saying to me, you know, it was sort of like, well, yeah, on some level I did. Yeah. yeah. So it wasn't such a leap for me. Okay. The the magical tradition that I was raised in from the age of 13 was, again, a family tradition. So it was very folkloric. It wasn't high magic. It wasn't you had to have this oil or that oil or this powder or that powder. It was, oh, let's see what we have in the cupboard. I want this to happen. So let's, let's see what spices we have. Mm-hmm. An example, you want a bill paid. So you would take the bill and in red ink, you'd write paid on it. And then you might burn bay leaves because bay leaves are very good for prosperity. Um, I'm going to be using that one a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you and everyone else. You're right. Yeah. I remember once I was in high school and we were studying for, in New York, they had the Regents, which was a, an end of the year test, a statewide test on what you studied that year. And if you didn't pass the Regents, you didn't pass your class, no matter you were an A student or not. And I remember having really hard trouble with geometry. I just, geometry made no sense to me. And I remember my girlfriend's grandmother giving me a sprig of rosemary and saying to me, put this under your pillow at night. And I thought, huh? <laughs> Okay, so I did. What could it hurt, right? Right. Mm-hmm. What could it hurt? It's a sprig of rosemary. I aced that exam. <laughs> I don't know how I aced that exam. <laughs> to this day, I don't know how I aced that exam. But the rosemary under my pillow, rosemary's for remembrance, and I used to study sitting in my bed. Somehow or other, it worked. It helped me remember everything I needed to remember for that exam, and I aced that exam. You know, it's funny. A lot of this sounds like what, when I was growing up, we just called superstition you know especially if people were coming from the old country and Mm -hmm. you know if you had if you had um grandparents or something like that and family and this was just their superstition this is just how they did it and yeah every superstition is based in magic exactly it's it's (laughs) salt over your shoulder Mm -hmm. exactly oh and it you know it's funny it just goes back to the it all comes back together Mm -hmm. they are all one everything is connected in some way as i said if you if you delve deep enough the folkloric threads are pretty much all the same Mm-hmm. So so I have to ask a question because I don't practice conjure. If I, instead of burning bay leaves, mm-hmm. if I ate a meal that had a lot of bay leaf in it, would that work just as well? It might. Sure. That explains a lot about this month. <laughs> yeah. A lot of beef I stews? Ma- I made a beef stew with a, lot of, <laughs> with a lot of bay leaf and it's been a good month. <laughs> I paid a lot of bills this month. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, again, the funny part about conjure is you don't have to believe in it for mm-hmm. it to work. And now hold on a second. I want to stop you there. Because <laughs> <laughs> that took that took a millisecond there to process in my head. But I want I want to ask you what you mean by that. You don't have to believe in it for it to work. How does that work? So she didn't believe in the rosemary sprig. She just mm-hmm. she you you're suspending your disbelief. Right. right. You're just you but you don't have to believe believe. Some somebody set the intention. So right. your your friend's mother set the intention with exactly. the rosemary. Mm-hmm. Um, and she and Karen didn't have to believe in it. She just had to go, yeah, okay, and stick it under her pillow. What, what can it hurt? She had what to accept right. that that 
she had to accept the good intent from the mother, mm-hmm. right? Right. Which is what putting the rosemary under the pillow was. Well, so, okay, you say it'll work. Hey, why not? So it's kind of like you became part of the manifestation by not blocking the manifestation. Yeah. Right. But if I'm, okay, so I did a sugar jar for a, a friend who was opening a business. Okay, I'm going to ask you just for the listeners to clarify, what is a sugar jar? A sugar jar is literally a jar, a mason jar that you fill with sugar and you put into it Again, depending on your, what you want as an outcome. She was having trouble with one of the town inspectors, wouldn't sign off on her business. So she called me and she said, I'm really frustrated. Can you help me? And I said, hmm, what's the problem? So she explained it and I said, let me sweeten him up for you. <laughs> so I took his picture, wrote his name on the back, put him in this jar of sugar. And every day I would shake it up and say, you're going to sign off on that permit for my friend. And then I'd put it back on the shelf, and I'd forget about it. And every couple of days, I'd do the same thing. Within a week, she got her permit. Now, the gentleman that I sweetened up for her had no idea I was doing this. He right. probably has no belief in it, which is why I said you don't have to believe in it for it to work. Now, this sounds like it's tying a little bit into sympathetic magic as well mm-hmm. that we talked yes. about this before. Yes. Okay. This everything we talk about. Everything we talk about. Here we go. Interrelates. Here gonna, we go. So now, the <laughs> opposite of a sugar jar is a vinegar jar, or what I call a sour jar. So let's say you have a situation that you want want it to go away. You're dating someone and they've become stalkerish or whatever, and so you want to sour them on yourself. You can put them in a jar of vinegar and work it until they walk away from you. All right, I'm going to ask the ethical question here now. Is it ethical to create sugar jars or vinegar jars on somebody who does not know? Yes and no. I think it really depends on the situation. Okay. Because this gets to be a slippery slope. It can. It can, yes. So by doing the sugar jar, I was not hurting the gentleman Mm -hmm. who had to sign off on the permit. Right. There was nothing there that was a negative outcome for him. Mm -hmm. There was no no impact to his life in a negative way. There was no impact on his life, on his job, for him to sign off on his permit. He was just being... A jerk. A jerk. Yeah. And apparently in this town, the inspectors are just like that. They're just jerks. They make it very difficult to open up a business. Yep. And so I wasn't hurting him by doing this. You were trying to take the edge off a little bit. I was just trying to take the edge off to sweeten him up on saying, hey, this would be a good business for this town. I'm going to sign off for it. It's, it's like smoothing the way. Yeah. 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 And well, a vinegar jar. <laughs> a sour jar, on the other hand, yes, you can truly hurt somebody. Right. Again... If they're infringing upon you and they won't leave you alone, they they're actually asking for it. Yeah, right. it's, you know, it becomes defensive. It's, it becomes you know, a what defensive. What goes around comes around. Right. Yeah. It's it's more karmic. On the other <laughs> hand, you're not really hurting the other person. You're simply cutting the ties. Yeah. Using it to cut the ties. Now there are a variety of ways of doing it with magic. I mean, yeah, I know. A, a, I was just going to say a vinegar, I, I know a, a vinegar jar is just one way, but yeah, I know a fairy witch who would pee on his picture and stick it in a baggie in the freezer. Yes. That's how she freezing, do it. Freezing somebody. Freezing somebody. Now yeah. that is very conjure. Yeah, but she's very practiced. Okay. So, you know. I don't want to think about that one. <laughs> <laughs> you sealed the bag well. Yeah. <laughs> you know, again, I think ethically, you do have to weigh in what you're doing. Yeah. And you don't actually have to do it even in the conjure way. Right. To do things. I worked with somebody who had someone who was obsessing about her and wouldn't leave her alone. And I cast what I refer to as my ADD spell, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is every time you think of her, you'll go squirrel. 
Mm -hmm. And something more important will come flashing into your brain and you will not be able to think about her because every time you think of her, something will squirrel. (laughs) Right. So that's another possibility as well. That works if you have someone who's not terribly conscious. If you have someone who's really conscious, they're going to catch that. They'll reverse it. Right. If they know how to reverse it. Well, you can break it, though. If, yeah, yeah, you can. I mean, if you, if you know every time you, you think of this person, you squirrel, you go, no, I'm thinking of this person. And if you do it hard enough for long enough, right, it'll break the spell. Yes. So another great prosperity tidbit for Condra, you take coins and you literally scatter them out your front door in a path to your front door. Or if you have a retail shop, you might glue them down in front of your door, mm-hmm. glue them down inside the door coming into, the, into your shop. And that brings in, what does it bring in? It brings in money. Yeah. It also brings in people who think that they can pick up the coins. Out there. <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> we actually did a very conjure, now that I'm thinking about it. My, my friend Robin learned this at a Renaissance fair. They would go out in the mornings and they would set up for the day. And they had the old time chunk, chunk things for credit cards. Uh-huh. The, 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 yes. The, the, the imprinters. Yeah. And they would go out with the chunk chunkers and they would go chunk, 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 chunk. Chunk, 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 chunk. <laughs> and then they would, uh, you know, so somebody would be holding that rhythm mm-hmm. and the other people would carry bread with them mm-hmm. and they would be making an offering into the world. Bread for bread, bread for bread, bread for bread, bread for bread. And they just chunk, 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 bread for bread, bread. We did that when I was working in real estate mm-hmm. and when, when I had a conference. Now, the average person at a conference, the uh, average company at a conference will tell you, you lose money on your conferences. You yeah. don't make money at a conference. We made $7,000 at our conference when mm-hmm. we did that. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it was crazy. It was, it yeah. was very effective. So another piece uh, of contra that's interesting is they use what they call okay. charms. So I wrote down a charm that I can say for you guys. So what does this um, charm do before you? So this charm is, is to staunch blood. So, so if you're bleeding or if somebody you're with cuts themselves, you would take your hand and you would hold it over the, the place that is bleeding and you would say, by the blood of Adam, sin was taken. By the blood of Christ, it all was shaken. And by that same blood, I do thee charge that the blood of whoever is bleeding no longer run at large. And they call those charms. Interesting. I see a second one on your and paper And there's a there. second one. This <laughs> one is used to bring the rain. You take an old rag, which you wet down, and you beat it against a flat rock while you're chanting this. So those of you in California, pay attention. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and you say it over and over and over again until... Charms tend to naturally peter out. Mm-hmm. There's no set amount of times that you would repeat something. And this is this one is interesting because it actually references witchcraft. And in a lot of conjure, a lot of conjure people don't believe in witchcraft. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that this actually references it. It says, "I abjure the blood and all its stains to blacken the skies in witchcraft's name, to raise the winds and bell the dame, to bring the rain, to bring the rain." The mix and match in those two charms <laughs> is amazing. Yes. I mean, you've got you've got Old Testament, New Testament. Mm-hmm. You've got witchcraft references. You've got blood magic. Blood magic. Yeah, it, it's wow. <laughs> it really is a mix match. It's a mix match. It really is, and it's just fascinating to go back and truly look at the history of how all this came about. Okay, so we are 
at a point where we need to start transitioning toward the end here. Okay. This has been really cool to talk about. I yeah. think that people are, are really going to get a good handle on this concept here, but what would be a next step for somebody? Is there anything specific that you can give the listeners in terms of if you want to learn more, if you're really interested in this, do this, call this person, go to this person. Maybe it's you. I have not taught Conjure, but I'd certainly would be open to it. Again, I am not the be-all and end-all expert. Okay, so this is Karen being humble. <laughs> Karen's been doing this for 10 fucking years. <laughs> and she was doing magic for at least another decade before that because I knew her then when she was doing it. So this is Karen being humble, so cut it out. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Um, so there are some really good books out there. Mama Starcast has, has some books out on Conjure. She is an old-style Conjure woman. Mm -hmm. She's on the web. You can look her up, oldstyleconjure.com. Um, you can find Karen at... And you can find me at <laughs> ghosts-begone.com. I was going to spell that real quick for the okay. listeners. Uh, it's G-H-O-S-T-S-B-E-G-O-N-E.com. Ghosts. Right. Begone.com. Yes. Another friend of mine actually just came out with a book, said most, just came out with a book. Conjure's tough. Conjure, there's a, a lot of crap out there, unfortunately. Well, mm -hmm. that's important too, I think, because what's a way for people to know what's good and what's bad? If it doesn't work, it's bad. If it doesn't work, <laughs> yeah. If it doesn't work, it's bad. Um, I, think, I think you really need to trust your feelings. Okay. As in finding any teacher. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, a good teacher, someone who's true and true to spirit is never going to ask you to do something against your morals, is never going to pressure you sexually. In many cases, they will let you, they will give you information and kind of let you find your own way around with it. They're not going to denigrate you. They're not going to, right? They're not going to put you down. If, if you do something and it doesn't work, they're simply going to look at you and go, try it again. Do it again. There you go, folks. Karen has just reinforced everything that <laughs> Kelly has been telling us. We did an entire episode on how to pick a good spiritual teacher. Thank you for the reinforcement. You're welcome. Karen hasn't heard it yet. <laughs> All right. Um. Well, so we're going to wrap up now. Okay. But Karen, thank you so much. And we're going to have you. you back again for some other episodes. So we will we will Delighted be talking to be to you here. again. Thank Kelly, is there anything you want to say to wrap up as we sort of bring Conjure to an end? Karen forgot to mention that I talked her into oh, sorry, offering yes. you guys a, a discount, yes. actually. <laughs> yeah. um, she might have forgotten that intentionally. No, no I, don't <laughs> I didn't. So Karen does Conjure work. You want to talk about the different types of Conjure work you do? So primarily right now I'm doing three types of work. I'm doing the sugar jars, I'm doing vinegar jars, and I'm doing protection work. And I'm offering a 15% discount to anybody who listens to Spirit Sherpa. If you go on my website and you give me a call or send me an email and you say, I heard you on Spirit Sherpa, I will honor the 15% discount. Great. All right, folks. So that's ghosts gone dot com and you can you can check out the services there and i know that all of us have somebody that we want to stick into a either a vinegar jar or a sugar <laughs> jar so that is going to probably be well taken karen thank you so much thank you all right folks that's all we have for this week but as always we want to remind you if you've got questions or ideas for episodes please send kelly an email that's k-e-l-l-e at k-e-l-l-e-s-p-a-r-t-a dot com kelly literally sits in front of her computer every day waiting for emails every day and i'm very sad and lonely <laughs> she needs your emails and she's she's looking forward to your comments and also speaking of comments 
wherever you're listening to Spirit Sherpa out there in the podcast world, rate the show, leave a comment, and let us know what you think of what Kelly's doing and what we're offering here. And help us get the word out. Yeah. If you want to support the show, that's a great way to do it. Well, and also, if you if you find the content compelling and you want to share it with your friends, put it out on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever wherever you are, wherever you're talking about things. Sharers are carers. Sharers mm-hmm. are carers. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everyone. We hope to see you next week when Kelly adds yet another chapter into your beginner's guide to energy, magic, and the spirit world. I'm Joey C. here with Kelly Sparta and Karen Baskin, and you have been listening to Spiritual. So long, everyone. Bye. Bye. Each mile I travel over 13,000 now, I leave behind a little fear. Spiritual is the sole property of Kelly Sparta Enterprises and is distributed under Creative Commons BY-NC-ND 4.0 license. For more information about this licensing, please go to creativecommons.org. Any requests for deviations to this licensing should be sent to K-E-L-L-E at K-E-L-L-E-S-P-A-R-T-A.com. That's Kelly at KellySparta.com. To sign up or to get more information on the programs, offerings, and services referenced in this episode, please go to KellySparta.com. This episode of Spirit Trippa has been produced by Honu Voice Productions. And my love and my life and me. Are you waking up to the spiritual world and realizing that you have no idea what you're doing, but you feel like you kind of probably should, especially since you seem to be seeing things and feeling things and having things see you that maybe aren't so great and that you might want to actually control your experience of that. Well, I have great news for you because our Welcome to the Woo program does just that for you. It teaches you how to hold your energy field, manage your energy field, clear your energy field, protect your energy field, and learn how to protect your space. And you learn how to do basic divination and talk to your guides so that you feel like you actually have a clue and have a way to talk to the guides that will help you to figure everything else out. And it teaches you how to make sure that you feel mentally, emotionally, and energetically safe. That means that we also deal with things like fear and anxiety and worry and dread and self-doubt and inner and outer judgments. And we help you build a foundation of self-support and courage. All of these things together create a solid sense of safety in your own life. They will reduce your stress levels in half, guaranteed. So visit the website at kellysparta.com and find out more about the Welcome to the Woo program. Your future awaits.